Welcome to BBC's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website at ballamvineyard.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, huge, huge welcome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family of God. Just sort my notes out. Um, we believe that the, the church uh, should be the best place to be at your worst. Uh, often we think church is the place where we, we have to look our best, be our best. But honestly, genuinely, the church... Uh, Church should be the best, the best place to, to be at your worst. And uh, we believe that church is a place of forgiveness. It's a, pla- it's a, po- it's a pace, place of possible healing, of grace and of mercy. And uh, we believe as a church that this is the place that the world needs to know about. This is the place where you can get healed up. This is a place where it, it can be a spiritual hospital for you and me. And this is a place where we can then go and to bring, bring that life to, uh, to London. Uh, just, just during the worship, I, uh, I've been praying. As a pastor, I have been praying. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know. And uh, I just had a few things that I just felt God wanted to say. So if you just give me permission, I'll, um, I'll just play. Do you ever play battleships? Where you just try like D1, D2, and see if it hits. So I'm just going to, can we just, I'm learning how to hear God's voice as a as a Pastor, I'm trying to learn how, to, how we hear God's voice. And um, um, just, as, just as we're worshipping, I had uh, the, the, fray, uh, the verse in John 4, the, in the Gospel of John. Jesus, he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. And, he, and she's asking her, what kind of worshippers are you after? And he just says, the, the kind of worshippers my father is looking for, those who are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And, um, and Heather, I've just been thinking about you the last couple of weeks. And... I just see that God, God sees you worshipping at the moment in spirit and truth. And just keep bringing your sacrifice of praise. Just keep bringing that spirit of truth, that worshipper, that spirit of truth to him. Uh, he's recognising this is um, just this time. But you just come as you are. You're just coming as you are. And just keep, keep coming as you are. And just, just Jesus, he loves the way you worship. He just loves the way you worship. The, this, the, the, the soul that you bring and the truth that you bring. So keep bringing that. I also had um, a name, Veronica. Does anyone, does Veronica mean anything to anyone? Again, we're just playing battleships. D3. Uh, does anyone, is anyone called Veronica? Has anyone got a family member called Veronica? Just, just give me a, anyone? That's fine, that's fine, that was a miss. Um, okay, and I, I wrote down, um, just there's a lady here, and sorry, my rubbish, my writing. Uh, I'm trying to do joined up writing, but <laughs> I'm still learning as a pastor. <laughs> uh, there's a lady here. You, you may have had troubled relationships with your mother, and you st- and you won't forgive her. You still won't forgive her. What she said to you, what she's done to you, has been so hurtful. And um, I just feel like God, He sees the the damage that your, your mum has done to you. And um, he, she said things that have really hurt you, and it's affected the way you, 
now interact with with other people and um, um, uh, I'd love to pray we'd love to pray for you at the end I'm not gonna get to stand up or anything like that so don't don't worry but I just I feel like God is saying that he sees you he sees that that pain that trouble that you've that you've been through and he's seen the effect that it's had on on you and other relationships but also with him as well and uh, uh, he, he just wants to uh, uh, give you permission to to bring bring that stuff to him I've also written down dance workshops, which is always interesting. <laughs> we won't do that. Starting now. <laughs> okay. Um, we, uh, today we're going to look at the hope we have in the coming kingdom. We've got this hope in the coming kingdom, and uh, we want to just to spend the next, I'm going to say 20 minutes, uh, just my hope and your hope that it will be, but um, the, the hope in the coming kingdom. Uh, we're going to look at eschatology. It's this theological term for the study of the second coming, uh, the second coming of Christ, or it's the study of the end times. Don't worry if you don't know much about the subject. It's not the end of the world. There we go. I'm looking forward to the uh, BBC Weekend Away, where I get to tell more dad jokes. Um, so why don't we read? If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation 21. Apparently, anyone who reads Revelation is blessed. So uh, as we read this, consider yourself blessed. Uh, uh, open up your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible and you want to take one away with us, have a read. Uh, 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 grab a Bible at the back uh, and just take, take it with our compliments. This is it, Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven. This is John, uh, the apostle speaking. Then I saw a new heaven and, and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Next slide. And this is, this is Jesus speaking. He will wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And for some of us, this is, a, this is a promise from God to you. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true, and it was given to you and I in, in love. Um, so we're looking, at, we're looking at this glorious hope that we have. In the, in the coming kingdom. And I just want to spend a, a few minutes talking about the, the hope of the coming kingdom. Uh, yesterday, we were out uh, praying for people on the streets and just asking people if they need a miracle. Uh, and some of the questions that we get asked, are, are, they vary from, why does God allow suffering to, uh, I want, a miracle would be if Theresa May and Pres uh, President Trump would, would disappear. 
And so they asked for prayer for that, but <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments. Um, and there's a number of other questions I just want to throw out, que questions that you and I have. One of the most challenging questions confronting Christianity uh, and the Christian faith is simply this. If Jesus really was who he said he was, if he really was the long-awaited Messiah, then why, why is the world in such a bad shape? Uh, why is it that uh, people still die of, of hunger and cancer? Uh, why are there so many wars and suicide bombings? Do you ever think questions like that? It's not just me. Uh, why is there so much slaughter taking place in Syria, Iraq, and, and Afghanistan? Why is rape used as a common tactic in war across the African continent and, and elsewhere? Why is it a bad, and, and this was someone asked me yesterday, why is it that bad things seem to happen to good people? In my kind of simple, simple mind, simple language, I just wanted to kind of sum up all of these phrases. Uh, if, if Jesus is really Lord, if he has all the power, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we have this powerful message called the gospel, the good news, uh, then why aren't we more successful? All these questions. Other questions I've got. Why are so many marriages in such bad shape? even amongst Bible-believing, church-going Christians? Why, and why did Christian marriages end in divorce? Why, why are there so many churchgoers living double lives, hopelessly addicted, unhappy, unfulfilled? And so this bottom line, if, if Jesus is really true and he really is risen, why is the truth not more obvious? Why don't we feel it, see it? Why isn't, why isn't it evident every day? Why don't more people believe what we believe? Why is it so difficult to explain to people about the Christian faith? And again, why isn't the world in a better shape now that Jesus, has, uh, Jesus came and he died and he rose again? Have you wondered about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we could spend 20 minutes talking about some of those questions. This is our hope in Revelation. Revelation 21 gives us this hope that we have. For the last 100, maybe 150 years, the New Testament scholars have all agreed that the basic message of Jesus, as we, as we conclude it today, uh, is centralized around the kingdom of God. We've been talking about the kingdom of God for three or four months now. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God more than any other subject, so it's worth finding out about. Like George said, I'm really sad that I don't get to, we don't get to do this again as a series because I, I love talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching that through himself, through his person and his ministry, the kingdom of God has broke into the world. And so we read lots of texts like in Mark 1 where it talks about Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He was saying the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent uh, and believe in the good news. We hear, all, and there's, uh, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of, of, of scriptures and verses where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. I just want to say, right now, during this time, God's, God's will doesn't always win the day. God's will can be resisted and ignored. And... Um, what Jesus was, was saying about the kingdom of God. What did, it, what did he mean when he said the kingdom of God has come near? 
What he's not saying is that Christianity has come near. He wasn't talking about religion. He's not saying religious practice has come near. He's not saying the church and the institution of the church has come near. And so we want to explore as we, as we end again on what is the, this kingdom of God? What is it that we pray when we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Very simply, because my brain's very simple, the kingdom of God is what things would be like if Jesus was in charge of every situation. If his will was done everywhere, in every way. That's what the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is what things would, be, would look like if Jesus was in charge, if he was the boss. Uh, just think about a situation that you're facing at the moment in your life. Uh, work, jobs, relationships, money, health, and the, the list goes on. Think, just think about a situation. We're not going to get a shining light to come down and one at a time, what's your situation, but... Just think about a situation that you're facing. When we pray your kingdom come, we're saying that we want this situation to be like, it would be like if you, Jesus, were in charge, if your will was done. When we pray let your kingdom come, we're asking Jesus, would you run the show? Would you take over? And let me just say this, that the secret that I, I just want to leave with you today is that the secret that God has revealed throughout all eternity is that the kingdom of God has come in two stages. And we live right in the middle of these two stages. Uh, the first, the kingdom of God, God is, it's a mystery. It's, uh, it's almost like it's hidden. It's almost like you have to search it out. And those who hear it and discover it, they, they find it and discover the, the beauty of Jesus. Uh, and this second stage, the kingdom of God, as we read in Revelation 21, it's going to come crashing in like a boulder from heaven. It's going to come crashing in. And that we're in the middle of those two stages. In this stage, uh, Jesus has his will done, but also so do sinful men and women. So does the, the rule of Satan. They get their wills done here as we, as we meet. In this second stage, there will only be one will be made, and that's, that's Jesus. I don't know about you, you and me. We live in the stage between the battle and the blessing. Our lives, we're either in a time of prostration or battle, or we're receiving a blessing, aren't we? We're, we're in the midst of that. Uh, sometimes we, we often see people healed. And we rejoice when we see someone healed, when we see someone set free. So just last week, we heard about someone who's got a miracle baby because of prayer. But then we also hear the next day, someone whose father got rushed into hospital. And we live, don't we, in this, this time of the, the battle and the blessing, the bat like a train, a battle and a blessing, a bless battle and a blessing. And we live on these two tracks between what, what Jesus has done, his will's breaking through, but also so is the will of Satan. But we live on this other track where Jesus is getting his will done on earth as it is in heaven. At the moment, we live between these two times, two, two rails of the track. When Jesus gets his will done, in, when he comes crashing in, there'll just be a monorail. It'll just be one track. There won't be these two tracks. It'll just be one track. There'll be no more tears. No more cancer, 
no more sickness, no more trouble, no more disease, no more, uh, no more children uh, left abandoned. Okay, go on. And so as, uh, as a church and as a movement, as we're the part of the vineyard movement, we embrace this dynamic tension. We believe that God's kingdom can invade any moment of our lives. And we also see the reality that not, not everyone will experience God's love the way we want. We see the reality every time we, we have our gatherings, we invite people to come for a miracle, and we, we regularly see people healed, we see people delivered, we people set free from anxieties, people set free from addictions. And there's times where, where God's will hasn't broken through. What we don't do is tell that person, oh, you need to have more faith. It's your fault. Or we tell that person, oh, we, we don't actually believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in this dynamic tension that we will pray for anyone for anything at any moment. So we rejoice when one person experiences a miracle of healing. But we also grieve as another person succumbs to the, the effects of cancer and poverty. got my pages in the wrong order. That's always good. Well, I want to say we don't always see the results this side of heaven. Uh, we will pray for a miracle. We believe that the kingdom of God is now and it's evident, but we will also believe the kingdom will come in its fullness. So we will pray and pray and pray and pray. We believe the kingdom is now, but and it will come in its, its fullness. Uh, Jesus announced that the kingdom of God is at hand. He said lots of things about the kingdom of God. It's near, it's at hand. Uh, he was saying that God's rule as a king had broken into the present age of evil to defeat the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom announcement therefore signaled this beginning of renewal of creation. After the sacrifice of Jesus' death, his resurrection and, and new life, to new life, his ascension to God's right hand. He poured out his spirit on all people, on everyone, everyone. It's not limited to pastors or priests or fathers or men of the cloth or, or people who've studied. Jesus poured out his spirit on everyone. And so the kingdom of God in this way, in our tension between what, what is now and what's to come, we have this tension happening. Um, what Jesus did, he, he, he placed like a climber that reached the top of Mount Everest. He placed this flag down saying that the kingdom has come now. Uh, the universe is mine. And then when he told his disciples to do what he had been doing, to announce that the kingdom was at hand, he, and he said to the disciples like you and I that we can go and heal the sick that we can cast out demons. And this declaration, he presumed that the normal Christian life, signs and wonders and miracles would, would take place. Normal Christianity is one where uh, people are healed, saved, delivered, where people encounter Jesus at any moment. Uh, let me just do this. Just put your hand in, in front of you like that. 
Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand. How far, how far away is the kingdom of God? It's at hand. So it's never further away than your arm's length. It's at hand. Uh, in Luke 11, I think, he said, I think Jesus said in Luke 11, he says that the kingdom of God is within you. So not only is it at hand, if you want it a bit closer... It's within you. Other scriptures, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the kingdom of God is never further away than, than your arm's length. And also it's within you. The kingdom of God is closer than your, your biggest temptation. The kingdom of God is, is closer to, the, to you than any habits or your anxieties or your fears. I hope you got that. So whenever you're facing any anxiety or fear, you can be confident and say that the kingdom of God's at hand. God's got me. He's just here. And he's just within, he's just within me. And the, tonight, you can receive uh, the kingdom of God. You can receive the Holy Spirit. You can receive uh, more and more blessings. I've totally lost where I've gone. I'm back at the beginning. I'm back at the beginning. <laughs> and so in the vineyard movement, we have this tension, this centered tension where we're em empowered evangelicals and we believe in the, the kingdom of God coming, breaking through. And um, that's what we're going to be doing later. He's a miracle working God. Uh, let me just finish. In the vineyard family of churches, we believe Christians are commissioned and empowered by the spirit of God to do the works of the kingdom of God. With Jesus, we're empowered by the Spirit to bring the presence of God, uh, presence of God's future to our streets, into our neighbourhoods, into our towns and our cities. Uh, for some of you who worked in hospitals, in, in homes and in hearts to which you send us. Uh, let me just, uh, let me finish again. How do we put our hope in this kingdom? If we live in this interim time between the now and the not yet, how do we live in the hope of the future kingdom? Uh, in Revelation 25, it says this. It's the day the scriptures tell us that all things will be made new. Every tear will be wiped away from the face of the earth. In Isaiah, another prophetic uh, scripture, Isaiah 35, uh, it talks about in, it, that the, the day is coming. Isaiah 50, 35. Well, we haven't got the scripture for that. <laughs> Revelation 11. It talks about that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever. And this is our future hope. The God of justice will bring just the just the the God of justice will bring justice to the guilty. Freedom for survivors of injustice. There'll be no more innocent girls enslaved in the sex industry. There'll be no more cancer. There will be an end to poverty. God will one day right, every wor right this world right. And towards that day, we just simply trust and we hope and we pray the way that Jesus taught us. Your kingdom come now. 
as signs of what's to come. Your kingdom come now as it is in heaven. And as a church, we are an Isaiah 61 people. <laughs> there it is. We are Isaiah 61 people, and we want to carry the Spirit of God. I love that statement. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us. Technically, it says the Spirit of the Lord is on me, but we are now commissioned to do the works of Christ. So everything applied to Christ that he then gives us and commissions to us, we can, uh, we can use. So we, I, I kind of have uh, made these scriptures about us, and uh, in a minute we're going to declare them. And I changed the last line to London instead of Zion. I hope you give me permission to do that. That wasn't in the original Hebrew. <laughs> I just want to say, always be kind. Always be kind to people. If you see someone falling behind, just walk, walk along beside them. If you see someone being ignored, maybe on the streets, see someone being ignored, find a way to include. If you see someone who's been knocked down, just lift them up. The best thing you can do as a, as a believer, as a normal Christian, is to encourage the hell out of people. If you, if you see someone and they've got, you see negativity or you see actually there's some issue, they've got some issues, just encourage them. For lots of people, they're already feeling pretty rubbish. Lots of people. But what you can do is, as a carrier of hope is just to encourage them. So if you see someone depressed, just speak words of joy over them. If you, some, if you see someone that's lonely, just include them. Always remind people of their worth. Remember a time when uh, you were going through a hard time? We've we all been there. Be, be that person you needed when you were going through a hard time to others. Just one small act of kindness could mean the world to someone. Uh, this, is how we this is how we carry hope to, to other people. Um, I just want to say, will you say yes to God? Will you become the person who works with Jesus in word and in works to demonstrate the kingdom of God is truly near to others? Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to stand up and uh, we're going to have a commissioning service. And uh, we're all going to be commissioned uh, by, by God and we're going to read this over, over ourselves. And this is our, as a church, this is what we feel is our like mandate from God to do, that we have the Spirit of God. Uh, he's, he's called us to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent us to, to bind the broken heart. We're, we're not sent to, to run church services. Jesus didn't come to, to start a religion. He, he, started to come to, he came to start a revolution. And uh, we, we want to be called, called by God to go out to those that need him. So why don't we stand? And we're just going to say this. So Isaiah 61. Two. Just speak this out. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us because the Lord has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, 
and the release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in London. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our BBC speakers.